What is up, y'all? Welcome in to another episode at JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. I'm your host, Tyler, at FFTylero. Today, we're going to be rocking a rookie mock draft. Three rounds, but I'm not doing it by myself. Brought two friends along with me today. We got Todd Foster, co-host of the Tale of Two Rivals, and Jagger May of DLF. We are going to jump right into things. It's going to be a super flex rookie mock for those folks wondering super flex. So, with that said, let's roll the intro. He has the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I like I'm I'm in for death taxes and the 2022 wide receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skylar. N- no player is completely untouchable. I think you guys really. I had not. I have not really heard this yet. I listen to a lot of pods, and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. All right. With that said, I got the 101 and the 102. We're going to be going in groups of two just to speed things along. At the 101, going to not get too crazy here. This is going to be Bijan Robinson for myself. I think he's a top three dynasty running back right off the bat. Absolutely love his game. He's smooth. There's just absolutely nothing about the guy to really dislike. I could go on and on about how great Bijan is, but I'm pretty sure everyone here has heard it before. I feel good about Bijan on 101. There's nothing too crazy at all here for myself. And the 102, I think this is where things get a little bit interesting. Um, I think there's three ways you can realistically go at running at quarterback here, considering this is super flex. Um, personally, this is going to be Bryce Young for myself. Um, I think there's you know arguments for all of them. I'll entertain all of them. I won't bash anybody for taking any of the three quarterbacks here. But for me, it's Bryce Young. I know that the size concerns are there. They do exist. But there's just some things he does on the field that are special. I think when you look at what he does when things go wrong on the football field and how he reacts to that, um, it seems to always go well. Like if he can extend plays, he's just that dude. Um, I know, again, the size concerns are there, but right now it looks like he's the odds-on favorite to be that 101 going to the Panthers. I really like that. I always said between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, whoever didn't go to the Texans would be my quarterback ahead of the other. <laughs> so um, this one's going to be Bryce Young at the 102. So we're going to start off here. Bijan, Bryce, that's going to drop the next two picks to Todd. Let's hit me with the 103, my man. It's fairly obvious, man. I mean, it was pretty much either you're going to take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and I'm taking the other guy. So I'm taking C.J. Stroud, man, and um, and I'm pretty excited about it, you know. Uh, I think out of the two of those guys, I think Young's the more polished player, as in, like, the intangibles, just the ability to, like, you know, read defenses. But as a thrower, I think Stroud is better, you know. So he definitely offers better upside in um, some ways, but – you know, I am a young guy myself, but I'm stoked, I'm stoked to get uh, Stroud here at three. Um, now, 104, I would see a lot of people wanting to swing for the fences and go for uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, I'm not that guy because I particularly like my quarterbacks to complete passes. And uh, I'm going to go with Gibbs. I love Gibbs. Uh, I think that Gibbs is, would be an RB1 in just about any other class. Um, he's super dynamic. I would not be shocked if he's picked at the end of the first round and ends up in a very good situation. Um, you know, and pretty much anywhere he goes, he's going to be able to be so dynamic and versatile that he's going to make a difference in any team that he's drafted by. You think he's going round one? I think he's probably going to go probably early second. Okay. But if I'm Cincinnati, why wouldn't I take him? Fair. Like, really, what else do I need so desperately at the end of the first round, that a dynamic running back like that, when I know that Joe Mix is probably not going to be around with us forever, you know, 
And to me, like, he offered, I think he could be an upgrade to Mixon. Like, that's how I am on him, you know? Yep, so, long story short, it's like, I love him in Cincinnati or Kansas City at the end of the first round, but we'll see. All right, Jagger, uh, before you, you lock in your 105 and then your 106 here, any uh, gut reactions to these first four picks off the board? Um, the Jameer Gibbs uh, pick, I understand 100%. I am one where I would have taken JSN at your spot because uh, I have questions about Jameer Gibbs. I don't have questions about JSN. And and I, I made this point on, on podcasts, on Twitter, that I think Jameer Gibbs is great. But I think out of all the greats, he is the most situational dependent running back. And that's why, I, especially right now, without knowing where he was going, I would have to take JSN higher. Other than that, I, what can I really say? Like, Jameer Gibbs is bad? No. <laughs> is, is, so are, are, we put, are we putting JSN here at the 105 for you then? A hundred percent. That's what I'm about to pull the trigger on is, is JSN. And it's not even a question. And then after that, since I'm just right, right back on the clock – um, it'd be Anthony Richardson. I'm higher than most because I like what Anthony Anthony Richardson is in the pocket. I know a lot of people think that he doesn't complete a lot of passes, and he doesn't. Statistically and objectively, you, you, you have to have concerns about it. But the things that he does in the pocket and considering the situation that he has, I think there's a lot of context to think that that can be improved. One being that he – plays at the pro level as far as his pocket awareness and he understands that his arm is more valuable than, than his legs despite all the highlights that we see with him running the ball I always see in his tape consistently that he keeps his eyes downfield and he's looking for the big pass before he makes the big run love it so i think th this is where things get interesting folks because yep. i'm pretty sure that almost any mock you do it's going to have a mix of these six players going to 106 like it I, I you can say Bijan's kind of his own tier that's absolutely fair but like this is kind of its own tier 101 mm -hmm. to 106 right after 106 drops it kind of opens the board up people yep. can go any <laughs> direction they want i've seen probably five or six different names at the 107 i don't see any different names at the 106 so makes it fun for me here at the 107 um I'm not like a hundred, like, I think there's like, I don't know, not a cop out, right? I think that like draft capital is probably going to play a role in, in what happens here. The things could change as I go forward. But I think for me right now, the where I'm sitting at, it's Jordan Addison. He's my wide receiver too in this class. I really like, like, I mean, you really love to see what he did in 2021, 2022, maybe not as good, but at the end of the day, I think he's an inside outside wide receiver. I think he can play extremely well. I think, you know, he's pretty much built, in my opinion, to be like a solid wide receiver two in the NFL. Uh, feel pretty good. You know, I don't think he's going to be able to reach that elite ceiling that you're going to get out of top 12, you know, wide receiver year to year. You know, a little bit of size concerns. He's a little light. I would have liked to see him run a faster 40. I mean, at his at his weight, you'd expect to see something that, you know, Hollywood Brown would have ran or, um, or, or Devontae Smith would have run, but... At the same time, the, the numbers don't lie, the production don't lie, the tape don't lie. Addison, uh, and I think to kind of go a little bit further, I think other wide receivers kind of hurt themselves to where Addison didn't. So Addison, for me, stays at wide receiver too. Tough one again here as I go to the 108. Um, could go a bunch of different ways here. I don't necessarily feel really strongly about any of these choices here. 
But I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm going to go double tap the wide receivers, Quinton Johnson. I know there's been a lot of question marks about this guy. Um, you know, didn't really show out as much as you'd like to see in the national championship. Didn't necessarily, um, you know, test as well as you want him to. We want him to see a quicker 40. But I look at all the wide receivers in this class, and, you know, he's the guy that, you know, like, you know, walks down the tunnel, walks on the practice field, and looks like a stud wide receiver, right? He, he's got the build. He, we've seen flashes of it. Um, you know, hopefully there's a chance that he can prove. I think the upside for him to be a top 12 wide receiver exists. So I think it's going to happen. You know, I'm not necessarily betting on that. But, you know, if I'm double tapping Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson here, like I'm feeling really good about the wide receivers that I'm getting in this class. I got my wide receiver two. I got my wide receiver three. I think they both got solid upside. We got a higher ceiling with, with, Q, with QJ here. We got a solid floor, I believe, with Addison. So that's where I'm going. Todd, immediate reactions to these last two picks. Uh, missing QJ by like one pick would kill me in an actual draft right there. Um, I, I, I love him, man. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say I love him. I love his, his ceiling, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would say that he's the most volatile, like, you know, out of like this group of the first four to five wide receivers, he's got the low, like the lowest floor and the highest ceiling. Yep. So at this point, like getting, you know, mid first, so like I'll swing for the fences, man. You know what I mean? Yep. And, sure. um, yeah, I've been following him for a while. In fact, I think it was two years ago. I was actually on Debbie Deep Dive breaking down film with him with Brandon. So I've been a big Johnson guy for a while. So that one hurt. Um, and I love Addison. I think Addison's going to be a solid pro. Um, now, I am going to kind of, I think, reach a little bit here. And you guys can tell me whether it's a reach. I'm going to take Zay Flowers because uh, I don't want to see Zay Flowers uh I, I don't want to. I don't want to miss on him. I think Zay Flowers versatile. He's a freak athlete. He can wind all up over the field. I think he's an offensive coordinator's dream come true. Um, I I could see him. He's getting drafted in the first round. I could see him going anywhere from the Patriots to the end of the first round. But he's a first round draft pick, and I'm I'm a big 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 fan. And um, this next pick, I honestly don't love, but um, I'm probably going to draft him because based off of tradeability and that's Jack Charbonneau uh, with, with him. Like I, like I have a kind of a, like a bad taste in my mouth over what happened with him in Michigan fair, and having to leave to be able to go and be producing at like UCLA, like UCLA isn't exactly a football factory. You know what I mean? Like he had the opportunity he took advantage of it. and granted he looks good on film. He's got the size. He's got good enough speed. He can catch the ball, you know, but to me, it's like, I know I'm not as high, but when you draft a guy, right? So at 106, when he took Richardson, I would have taken Richardson too and tried to trade him immediately. Like It doesn't matter when you draft a guy, whether you like him or not. You want to know however other people feel about him so you can trade him for people that you do like. You know what I mean? So I'm going to draft this guy. I'm going to try to move him because I'm not going to find somebody who wants to pay up for him. Yep. Makes sense. I'm with you. Jagger, your reactions to these last four picks. What sticks out? Snipe, snipe city, baby. Um, population <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, contrary to Todd, I'm high on Zach Charbonnet, and I would have taken him at the 107. To be honest, I think he is the second be best back as far as uh, every down role. Whereas Jameer Gibbs is elite at a lot of things that give us fantasy points. I think Zach Charbonnet is very good at all areas of the game, and especially since we don't have draft capital, I would. I would pick him ahead of Jameer Gibbs, believe it or not, 
because I know for a fact that I think he has a three down role. And I've made a point that if Jameer Gibbs gets drafted to the Bengals and Zach Charbonnet goes to the Chargers, I would like Zach Charbonnet more than Gibbs because I understand the role that he's going to have. But if the reciprocal happens and Zach Charbonnet um, gets Wait, let me flip that. Let's put if, if Jameer Gibbs gets drafted to the Chargers and Zach Charbonnet would go to the Bengals or something like that, because I understand Jameer Gibbs' role. He'd be in that Austin Eckler role. I would rather have him. And then Zay Flowers, he's my quintessential wide receiver too. So now I'm left making what some people would think would be a reach, and I'm going to take Josh Downs right here. Like to me, Josh Downs is comfortable from the 111. Anywhere after that, I think Josh Downs is a value. After here, every pick afterwards, Josh Downs is a value. And then depending on what you believe in quarterbacks, since this is super flex, Todd make an, made an excellent point on taking assets that you understand the value for and you're willing to trade later or almost immediately. And I would either try to move this pick or, or draft a player then move later, later and I'm going to take Will Levis. He's a quarterback. He's probably going to go first round. He's not getting past the second round, and a team is going to definitely try him. So I'm going to draft him and try to move him to someone who's desperate as quick as possible. Todd, reaction to this uh, end of the first round here? Because this is definitely a spot where things go a lot of different ways. Yep. Um, I love Downs, man. I, I think he's a great pick. That's probably where I would have taken who I would have taken at the 111 2. Um, Levis for me was a was a 201, so he got him at 112, and 201 is because I hate Levis, but <laughs> yeah. like pretty much there's like 12 guys I really like, and then I'm like, okay, now I'll take a guy that'll trade. You know what I mean? Because like with Zach, it's like I like if I don't trade him, I know I have a good like a good running back prospect. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I, I I'm just I just know there's somebody who's gonna pay for him. You know what I mean? That's why like for me, but I when I like it. If I'm stuck with Levis, I'm pissed. So that's, <laughs> that's a different situation. So yeah, yeah, I think those are two fantastic picks. Yep. It's it's a tough spot. I've actually like on some contenders, obviously where I have like 111, 112, I'm trying to flip those for players right now to keep building. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just a tough spot. And it's, it's a bunch of guys I don't necessarily believe in guys that I like on my team, but guys that I don't feel good about spending first on. That's essentially yeah. what the 11 and 112 boils down to for me. Well, exactly. Just, it's, it's basically it's, Josh. It's, I was Go gonna say it's it, Josh Downs for me, and then um after that it's question marks. <laughs> Since you're just on the topic, I just made a move where 111 I got Javante Williams and 112 I got J.K. Dobbins. That's great. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and great. like I it that, that was I I was thrilled with it. So those are moves I'd <laughs> yes. make all day. Shifting to the second round, I'm back on the clock. 201. Uh, this one is gonna be pretty easy for me. I don't necessarily think it's gonna be the sexiest of picks, but it's Michael Mayer. Um, he's just a guy where I think people have getting a little bit of prospect fatigue on the guy that like, you know, we got a lot of very athletic tight ends, great tight end class this year. So people are kind of, you know, and Michael Mayer is a good athlete, but not as good as some of the guys that, you know, were at the combine. But, you know, you look at what he did as a freshman at Notre Dame. You look what he did every single year at Notre Dame. You know, he was the kind of guy on Notre Dame's offense last year where he was the only threat. Like, like Drew Pine would stare Michael Mayer down. And he's Drew Pine can't throw well, and he would just throw the ball at him because he was the only weapon they really had in the pass game. Uh, I just think people who are are fading Michael Mayer or picking, you know, I like Dalton Kincaid, but like personally, if I think if you got Dalton Kincaid over Michael Mayer, I just think 
you know, you have a little bit of prospect fatigue and you're trying to find something a little bit more sexy. I think Michael Mayer is pretty locked in. I got him probably around dynasty, like, you know, tight end, like 10 to 12 range right now. I think you just, you set it and forget it. He's a good tight end. If you got issues at the tight end position, you can draft Michael Mayer. I really think he's going to be good for you going forward. I think he's going to play a lot. He's going to be on the field, lots of snaps. So Michael Mayer here is a pretty easy pick for me. Um, I feel like I, 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 can't go chalk here, and I, I definitely need to get a little spicy as we're getting into a spot where I'm like, what do I even do here? Um, I'm going to have to take one of my guys who, honestly, I could probably wait a while to, but I'm just not going to do it because this is flag patent season for me. Um, it's going to be Izzy Avocanda, man. Um, he's mm. been one of my dudes for the longest time. I like. I had him, like, I'm not even going to lie, like, you know, pre-process, I had him right next to Charbonnet. Um, it's just absolutely a dude that I, I wanted a piece of. Um I think everything, like, the production's great. I don't think anyone can knock him for the production at Pitt. Like, the production was about as good as you can expect from a prospect. He came in bigger than I thought he was going to be. He was faster than I thought he was going to be. You know, I I think there was some concerns around, like, is he going to be a day three pick? I think he's going to be a day two pick, which is going to get me there. He's just one of those guys, like, I've kind of been on Izzy Abaconda for a while now. This is absolutely a reach, but it's more of a flag plant for me because I'm not going to be up till 207. I just want to let it be known that, like, there's a lot of running backs left, um, and I have Izzy Abaconda in my ranks above all of them. I love that flag plant. And I don't know if any of you guys know Aaron uh, Wilcox, but he totally swindled me out of Izzy in the C2C week, and I'm still upset about it. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, if you're listening, I'm so mad about that. Um, I got to tell you, though, man, I'm so mad you just took Michael Mayer. That's my dude. And, like, I honestly probably would have taken him at, like, 110. But, I mean, obviously, you're going to take the guy who has a better value with the trade value. But – I, I echo everything you said. I did the rookie fever episode on him, and like I, that, that would kill me if like I missed him by that much. I probably would have been trying to trade up to get that pick, honestly, if he was still there. Two hundred one. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So with him gone, I'm going to take the guy that is the tight end too, and it's Dalton Kincaid. Um, honestly, like he's fluid. He's you know he's a good. He's an athlete. You know, uh, where Mayer's a little bit more all around. He's going to be somebody that's going to probably drop end of first round, maybe early second round draft capital. Um, I like that. I know he's got a role. I know people are going to invest in him, so I'm good with that. All right? Um, so now I'm going to put my my stamp on my guide, and I'm going to do uh, Kendrick, uh, Kendra Miller. And I am – he's not exactly a guy that you're going to look at, and he's going to fly in, mm-hmm. like on tape. But – He's got enough usable speed, and he's such a tough runner. And if you're picking Zach Evans over him, that guy made Zach Evans transfer. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Then Zach Evans got outplayed by a true freshman. And I loved Zach Evans when he was a prospect. All right? So, um, yeah, is Dalton just like, did I just break the board, Tyler? You didn't. You, I'm just going through my list right now because it's a, a drop down. I'm like, I don't think I have him right now. So you shouldn't have broke the board. Dalton should have been there. Just continued. Okay. We all, we know it's Dalton Kincaid. I'm looking for him. I'm, I'm going to get him in there. in the second round, apparently. I love Miller, man. But, like, there's plenty of good running backs here. It, it kind of feels like you're rolling the dice with about like six or seven running backs this round. You know what I mean? Like plenty of like talent, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, Jagger ripped me apart. What are you thinking? 
Uh, to be honest, um, I loved. I, to, I can't complain about any of the picks that happened right here. A lot of people either really like the two hundred one to two hundred five, or you hate the two hundred one to two hundred five because it's so fluid right now. You know, until we get draft capital, there's so many question marks. Like the Izzy Abanikanda. Izzy Abanikanda is one of my favorite running backs. The only reason why I, want, I don't have him higher is like personal process things that I, you know, just, yeah, just so for me to have consistency on how I evaluate prospects, that's the only reason why Izzy Abanikanda isn't higher. And uh, Kendra Miller, I'm not as, I'm not as hot as some people are because I don't think he uses his size as much as others, but I see the appeal. I get the upside. That's why I can't complain about it. My guy at the 105 that I'm ecstatic, or 205 that I'm ecstatic to take is Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. I think he is my RB3, hands down. I think that he is um, one of the most versatile backs in this class. A lot of what people don't like is his spreadsheet. Uh, he doesn't light up anything. But outside of the athletics, I think that he's pretty modest. He's not anything spectacular, but he hits all the marks. But he had not a lot, the, not a lot of the production that we liked because Auburn was so bad. They used this guy flexed out wide, flexed out in the slot. They were running wildcat. This offense had zero identity. And and on film, take Bigsby checks all the boxes of what you want, and you see an underutilized back. And then right after that, I'm going to double dip, dip at running backs, and I'm going to take the next guy I think is versatile, and I'm going to take Sean Tucker. Same thing. He's a little bit lighter, and uh, I think he's a little bit more scheme dependent than Tate Bigsby is because he's a little bit smaller. And I think that can kind of uh, – uh, some NFL teams, if we see that they're under 207, they might shuffle them over to like a third down roll, and that's it. Again, we're talking about process. Once we get draft capital and situation, I can get more in detail. But I feel super happy about getting my RB3 and RB4 right at this spot. It's a great range, man. The the, the yeah. middle of the second, it, it feels it's, good because – it's nice because you can get Izzy there. You can get both these running backs there. Yeah. I've seen Michael Mayer slip a little bit to here. You can get Dalton Kincaid here. It's yeah. a nice tier. Like it's I, sometimes yeah. I feel like that like one eleven to one twelve tier is like the same as the two hundred six tier in some ways. Yeah, Big, the value is so good there. Yeah, yeah. Bigsby's the big guy that I need to see that draft capital for man. Like that's the yeah. guy that I'm dying to see the draft capital on the landing spot. Um, I, I'm going to give a contrarian view because. You know, instead of us all agreeing with everybody, let's like, you know, throw out some <laughs> let's do it. Opinions, let's do it. You know, um, I'm not a big Sean Tucker guy. And I, I think Sean Tucker's a phenomenal athlete. I think he's fast. If you watch him on tape, everything's outside, outside, one cut, outside, outside, outside. That guy has to be able to run inside in the NFL <laughs> to make mm-hmm. a living. And I don't see that. Like, you have to really spend some time watching his film to watch him just attempt to run inside and i don't like that and when he catches the ball like i i i swear you could probably hear his pads with the when the ball hits it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he doesn't catch out away from his fa- like and this is these are nitpicky things but these are the things when you're talking about having six or seven guys like right there in a range that's enough for me to put him towards the end of the range because you know we're trying to find the little things to separate people and that would be two things that really stuck out with me for him Exactly. It's like you said, like, like a lot of these picks, it's like, it's one thing that separates like him for being the RB three to the RB six, you know, and yep. it depends on what you value it. So I don't, 
I don't, I, I don't even think you're being nitpicky. You're just being efficient as far as yeah, like having right. a process, yeah, a process right. of what you like. You know? Yeah. And the whole point of this is it's all subjective. So we're never all going to agree. Yeah. And that's the beauty of this thing. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. The, the next guy for me, I'm on the clock here, 207. Um, I'm going to go Zach Evans. It's not necessarily a guy that I'm like over the moon about. It's just around that range where I'm like, I think it's just good practice to be taking shots at these running backs in this range. You know, he's, I think he's, his burst is very sudden. He's explosive. Um, you know, like he's a slasher. I think he's got the top end speed. Like there's, there is some concerns I think with Zach Evans, but at, two, at 207, I'm absolutely here for it. Um, and then keeping things moving along here. Uh, this one I think was pretty tough for me. But I'm gonna go Jalen Hyatt, another another guy that like honestly like I I can't necessarily even say that I love this guy either. But you know the, the stats speak for themselves. I think he's almost he's a lock at this point for day two. I know there's some conversation about first round. I think that's not happening anymore. But you know the top end speed. Um, you know I think he, like the vertical routes are just so good. Like is he a one trick pony? I think there's some concern that that is true. Uh, but again, we're, we're starting to get to the back half of the second round here. So if I'm getting Zach Evans at the 207 and Jalen Hyatt here at the 208, um, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm jumping for joy here. I think there's some guys here that I would have rather had some of these running backs, but I'm all right with it. Definitely not upset. Don't feel like I wasted the picks. All right. So um, for me, I'm going to take Devin the Devil, baby, the Speed Demon. All right. Uh, the dude's like, you know, four three forty. I mean, he can catch the ball. He's versatile. He was more efficient than Isaiah Spiller when he played with Isaiah Spiller. Right. So like, like I actually had him right behind Miller. So I'm thrilled about this landing spot. All right. Thrilled about him right here. And then my last pick, it's not a guy I'm super high on, but in a film, he does pop and he ate. USC alive in the Cotton Bowl, and I'm going to take Spears, baby. And again, draft capital for pretty much every single back in the second round is going to change his entire order. So he yeah. could be the first back with the highest draft capital, and we're taking him where Izzy's going. But to me, like you're looking at a very dynamic player, a fast player, a versatile player. You know, he played a two lane. The one thing about that USC game, USC's defense was garbage. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, your, your helmet chasing. Oh, they beat USC. Everyone beat, scored on USC. They gave, like, 30 yeah. points a game last year. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't good, <laughs> you know? But at the same time, at the very least, like, hey, they beat up on a Pac-12 team. You know what I mean? In a 40-plus point game on both sides. But at the end of the day, the kid produced, man, and, and he shows up on tape. So, hey, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with that at the end of the second round. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people pretty high on, on Spears here, so as high as like RB4 or 5 in some spots. Not there, but definitely like him here. I mean, the, the tail of the second round so far, gentlemen, is, is going to be uh, running back heavy, um, and I think that's something you will see in a lot of your rookie drafts. Uh, Jagger, um, before you, you close out the second round here for us, uh, any gut reactions of what we've seen since you last pick? This is the ugly zone as far as this draft goes for me. I love Tajay Spears. I hate Jalen Hyatt and Devin Ashane. Right there, and it's like a lot of it is they, they are they are the two guys like they're they're one in the same. I think they're one trick ponies that are really fast, and I don't think they have a whole lot of polish. So right now, I am absolutely ecstatic because you guys took the weight off me for having to pick guys that analytically make sense to take, like Devin and Shane and Jalen Hyatt, and I could take my guy Marvin Mims. Like I think Marvin Mims is uh, the. 
The reason why he doesn't have more production, and I'll plant my flag in that, is Lincoln Riley left. His year to produce the entire OU offense had an exodus to USC, and he stood and he stayed uh, back at OU. To be honest, I was low on him initially, and then it's one of those things. You know, this is why you watch film several times and you take it all in. You take the the um, the measurables in, like you get at the combine, and this is an athletic superstar that produced since college and got left hang out, hung out to dry. So I'm willing to throw the flyer at the end of the second. The next guy, here's where, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm officially just kind of taking people that I like and not so much like following any type of consistence because consistence, here on out for me is kind of the Wild West. And Absolutely. I think I'm going to take Jaden. Yeah, I'm going to take Jaden Reed right here. Jaden Reed is the opposite of Marvin Mims. He's not. He doesn't have – all the athleticism and he is a senior and that lowers him a lot in my rankings because those, those early declare wide receivers are, are statistically more likely to hit, but he is a polished player that reminds me a lot of, of Manny Sanders. He's got kind of short arms, not a large cat catch radius, but he's incredibly polished and can play inside and outside. So I'm willing to throw the flyer here on him at the two twelve. I I got to jump in here. I got to remind our listeners that when it comes to the end of the second round, it's okay to go and get your guy because your guy yeah. might go not later than you thought, like Marvin Mims. And then you're sitting there yeah. hoping he was going to be there at the beginning of the third round, and he's not now. And now you're like, why did I take Spears? Damn it. You, know? <laughs> you guys can trade. You guys should trade. Trade Spears, trade Spears for Mims straight up. Uh, Mims, I like dude. Spears. I'd be really to talk. Yeah. Mims, dude, also – one of the best wide receivers in the history of Texas high school football. That yes. is, that is some serious cred. <laughs> Him and JSN, right? Him and JSN. Yeah, yeah you know what yeah, I mean. I, I, so like, yeah, but yeah, yeah I feel I, really I good him. taking him. Yeah, so he was one of my. Petty- two, he was one of my two guys I was hoping to get. I swear, Tyler, if you take my guy, there's no reason to take him. By the way, <laughs> all right, but um, yeah, I I love that Mims pick a lot. I, I wish I knew who he was so I could take him, but I I, I got to say I honestly got don't. Um, <laughs> there's zero chance you're taking this guy. If you are, I'm shocked. Um, for me, for me, I'm taking Roshan Johnson, taking another stab mm. at a running back here. I think that this whole like idea of um, you know him playing behind Bijan. But being really, really good is a little like overspent, to be completely frank with you. Like I, I think he's a solid running back. But the thing that I like about Roshan Johnson is I think he has a lot of traits that NFL coaches like and NFL teams like. Um, I think he's consistent, doesn't fumble, um, breaks tackles, creates yards, very physical, um, capable pat in pass protection. Right? I think what. I think the fantasy community looks for is, um, you know, more of the sexiness. I've hinted at it before, and I get there's not a lot of sexiness about Roshan, but I think, you know, and I don't comp him to this player exactly, but, like, I really liked Tyler Algier last year. Like, he was an unsexy pick, but I was like, an NFL team is going to like this dude, and they're going to ride this dude. And there's, he had a chance, and he, he came through, and I kind of feel that same way. Again, not comping Algier to Roshan, but I think he's that kind of player where I think he's solid, he does a lot of things well, and the things he does well – NFL teams value. So I think there's a there's a world where he could crack, you know, and he's an injury away from being able to to you know make a difference on your fantasy teams. Um having to pick the second pick here, um, you know, again, we're drafting best player available for me. Um I just like I feel like because of the format, I have to go Hendon Hooker. Um, you know, I'm kind of 
I'm not sure about him, to be frank, uh, as a prospect. You know, he's he's super old. He couldn't figure it out till he was super old, and he was killing it. And then he tore his ACL. There's conversation about him being a first round pick. I don't think I'm there, but I'm pretty. I think he's the only quarterback that's going to go in day two. That's a whole different conversation. But I think he's the only quarterback that's going day two. But I just think because of the format, uh, Hendon Hooker the 302. It's just a value pick at this point in time. So Roshan Johnson 301, Hendon Hooker 302. I feel good about those two. I would too. I, Johnson's tape is just fun, man. I love yeah. watching Johnson tape. And Hooker's just a smart pick at that point. Like that, those are good picks. All right, you didn't take my guy. All right, now this guy should not be taken in the third round, but I'm going to take him in the third round because I think he should be taken in the second round of the NFL draft, and that's Tank Dell. So I freaking love Tank Dell. What does it matter in football to be open? You need to be open and separate from defense to catch the freaking ball. Nobody in this draft separates better than Tank Dell. Tank Dell is a freak athlete who can get in space in very tight windows, and he's he could eat in the slot. Is he small and could he get hurt? Sure. And I'm okay with that with a third-round pick to just see if that is indeed like – I'm not going to worry about a future injury over a guy who – Literally just knows how to get away from the defense and get open. So, love him, and I'm planting my flag. NFL, put give this man some serious draft capital he deserves, all right? Because Tank Dale's special. All right. Now, a guy who I don't think so special, but I just think it's the right time to take him right now is Keishon Butte. So, Keishon Butte, you know, blew up as a freshman. We all have seen the tape. We all know that he has an amazing ceiling. So, at 304... I'm looking at my other opportunities. I've already taken a tight end. I don't really want to take a second one right now. So I'm going to take a swing at the fences with uh, the wide receiver. Hope he returns to form from two years ago. If he doesn't, not major capital, boom, bust pick. Hopefully I hit a home run. If not, it is what it is. Jagger, once again, asking you how you feel about these four picks of the third round before you go. You're muted. You're muted, man. There you go. Sorry. I was like, Tyler, uh, your two picks are exactly my thought process. I would go Roshan because, like you said, his whole, like, well, he's behind Bijan. Other than that, he would be a college Hall of Famer. I, I think that's gotten a little bit out of hand. But like you said, he has all the qualities of uh, NFL running back. A lot of that has to do with his pass blocking, to be honest. He can pass block, and he's good enough to do what they ask, but nothing flashy. Same thing with Hidden Hooker. The guy I'm going to take here is the one we were talking about a little bit in the beginning is Sam Laporta. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take my guy here and and actually dip into the tight end because I think I'm the only one who hasn't gotten one. I think he's my tight end too. Um, Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer are one A one B. Draft capital and landing spot are what's going to separate them for me. But Sam Laporta is right up there, and then right after that. Um, this is where I got to kind of like dig, we're digging in the barrel now. I don't like Rasheed Rice, which I think a lot of people would take here. I'm going to go Parker Washington. He's a guy that I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to reach a little bit on. Um, I don't know if anyone heard, but Penn State's quarterback is not good. Like, I, I he's just not that good. He made Jahan Dodson look bad, and he made Parker, Parker Washington look bad. When I watch this guy's tape, he's not super polished of a route runner, and that's normally something that I, I look for. But 
his catch radius for a little guy. I said he's like a Funko Pop tight end. He <laughs> like, like he's really good in short areas, and he's a, a really good safety blanket kind of, and and excellent after the catch. So he's a guy I'm willing to throw throw a dart at at the three hundred six. I love that pick. I'm a huge uh, Parker Washington fan. Hey, do you know who who couldn't beat out Sean Clifford to be the starting quarterback at Penn State? <laughs> Will, Will Levis. Levis. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I was like, am I going to say it? It's got to come up. because One of us was going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will Levis. Oh, Sean gosh. Clifford's so bad. Yeah. it's so it, bad. I, The last time I did one of the mocks, it was a couple months ago, but um, it was full of a room of C2C guys. Actually, it was Campus to Canton guys. Um, and Will Levis and his super flex fell to the 208 because they all hated him so much. I mean, obviously, I think it's the right move to take him in the first because of the value, but it's just... It's also one of those things, side note, I feel like everyone hates him so much, of course he's going to be fine, right? I feel like that's also, like... Because you can barely find anybody online that likes Will Levis, but of course he's going to blow up and be good or something. Anyways, I digress. It is my turn. I'm on Hold, on, hold on, I'll put yep. I'll put some egg in my face. Do you know what quarterback prospect I could not stand? Go. Justin Herbert. Couldn't stand him. Fair. But I also t- mocked him at 108 because he had yeah. drop capital. Yep. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, my, I was wrong, but I still was drafting where you're supposed to go. That's why we do process and not not feelings, folks. It- That's <laughs> it. That is it. That is it. Um, I think for this pick, this is actually going to be a recent pick of mine and a recent mover of mine. And it's not a guy that I'm huge about, but it's going to be Jonathan Mingo. Um, there's just a lot, a lot of whispers going around about NFL teams liking him. A lot of whispers coming around um, that he's going to get some serious draft capital. I think I saw he was in like an actual mock of going to like the Saints at 29, and it wasn't just like a mock from some rando. I think it was like Schrager, who's usually like super plugged into the NFL. Um, and like I think like in past years he's had one of the most accurate mocks in all of you know anyone who like submits mocks for accuracy. One of the years I think he was one of the best. So like. You know, take it with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, besides the, the whispers, besides the mock draft, he's got the size, uh, he's got the athleticism, he's got the speed. Um, just it's worth taking a swing here in the you know this back half of the third. And then this next pick for me is going to be a little bit of a uh, you know I could probably wait for him, but I'm not going to. It's going to be Evan Hall. Um, I think he can just carve out a role as a pass catcher in the NFL. I think there's a, there's a world where um, he becomes a third down back for a team. I think he does a lot of things well, um, especially pass catching. Like he was a great, great pass catcher uh, in college. And then you look, you know, where he played, like he, he was kind of like the only good player on that team. So like they had to key on him, but they still just kept, it's kind of like Mayer. He was like the best offensive play, like player on the team. They just kept feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. The defense knew the ball was going to go to him, but he still ate. Um, for me, Evan Hall is a guy that, you know, am, am I certain he's going to go day two? I probably would not bet on Evan Hall going day two of the NFL draft. But I do think that Evan Hall is the kind of player that could carve out a decent, like, pass-catching role, um, you know, in the NFL. Like, you know, does he have, you know, something kind of like a Naheem Hines has had, but hopefully, like, it turns out better than that. But just I, I do think there is some room for, for Evan Hall to car- carve out some kind of role um, as, a, as a player. And usually in, in the third round, um, I usually like to tend to, to swing more at running backs than wide receivers. So had to pick one since I went Mingo. All right. So I'll make mine real quick because, you know, we're, we're stretching now, baby. So um, I'm going to go with Cedric Tillman uh, for the exact opposite mm-hmm. reason of Tank Dell. And um, <laughs> you, 
you're, you're talking about a big wide receiver that's going to win those contested catches. You know, there's a there's a role for that still in the NFL. Like we're getting those guys that you want those quick separation, the guys are versatile, speed, but there's still a need for the big red zone, big body downfield guys. Cedric Tillman's going to win those fights, man. He's could have a role in the NFL. You know, so Cedric Tillman, I like the pick right now. Could be a guy you look at at 309. I look like a genius, but really at this point, I didn't have any options. So, um, all right. Now, my last pick would be, I'm between a couple of guys. I will go with Dwayne McBride. Um, I kind of hate this pick. <laughs> because um, he's not versatile. But at the end of the third round, you're looking at probably one of the best pure runners in the class. You know, he's Fair. great at running the football, right? Is he a three down back? No, he can't catch. You know what I mean? But he's a two down back, and maybe he learns to catch. But even if he doesn't, as a two down back at the end of the third round, he's a solid pick right now. You know, so he's one of the best pure runners in this draft. I'm happy to get him there. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm just, you know, he's there's some value there. Yeah, you know, yeah, for this, sure. This, this is a wasteland, honestly. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> talking, I was talking to somebody with Dwayne McBride. who was like, you know, it's not necessarily comp, but you know, th- there's a world where it's like a Gus Edwards role could easily come Dwayne McBride's way. Love me, Gus Bus. Love me, exactly. Gus Bus. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right, uh, send us home, my man. Um, it, it's all ugly here, folks. <laughs> like I said, uh, uh, Todd made the point take your guy when Evan Hull and Cedric Tillman went. I'm like, oh, you know, what am I going to pick now? The guys and I'm are gonna gone. Take the la- yeah, like <laughs> now I'm going to take the last good tight end, which is Luke Musgrave. After here, I'm kind of off the tight end bus. I'm not a big believer in Tucker Craft, but I love Luke Musgrave's athleticism and, um, um, I think he is, when you look at him on tape, the, the biggest thing you got to worry about is his level of competition. And he's had a lot of injuries for someone who played at Oregon State. And, and you know, when you see that you played at Oregon State and you didn't stay on the field, you got to be a little bit worried. And then the last guy that I'm going to take, um, I just don't like Rasheed Rice. And I don't care what consensus says. So I'm going to take Xavier Hutchison. I think nice. Xavier Hutch, I think Xavier Hutchison has immediate value for an NFL team because he is good at a lot of things and not elite at anything. Whereas Rasheed Rice, I think he plays really big and he has a lot of good tape and highlight plays, but Xavier Hutchison is what's going to get you fantasy points. He can get you four or five catches and he's never going to be a, a wide receiver one. But I think he can be a poor man's Robert Woods for a team. And here in the third round, that's what I'm willing to to, to throw a dart at. I I have about three shares of Hutchinson in C2C weeks, and I get about three terrible offers a week for him. So, like, because, <laughs> like, like, nobody has, like, the draft capital. They're like, oh, he's a throwaway. I'm like, I actually like him, and you're offering me nothing. So, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's good to know that people like him, though. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, like, yeah it makes you feel good. So, yeah, I like that pick. And then to, cl- to close this out here real quick, um, just name – if you could just give me one player that, you know, you would have drafted if, if you had another chance to come around here. You know, a guy that you might, uh, you know, have some business being in the third round. One guy. Uh, I'll go. Uh, Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Deuce Vaughn is just production. You watch Deuce Vaughn play football, he's just good. Why won't we pick him? Because he's small. Mm-hmm. But if you look at him, he's built like a freaking tank. He looks like Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles was disgusting. 
You know what I mean? So, like, there is a place where he could be a great player in the NFL if he could find the right spot, the right situation, the right role, you know? But super scheme dependent, super landing spot dependent. You know what I mean? And he has to be able to not be behind a bunch of guys. Yeah. But there's no doubt that he is a he's a good football player. So and he was super productive. He should jump off your analytics like off the charts mm-hmm. because the guy just produced, you know? So um yeah, Deuce Vaughn. Jagger. Um for me it would have to be two of the old backs that one of like one of the old bags that that played a big 10 football it'd have to be chase brown or like mo ibrahim one of those two guys here i want to take a flyer on a running back like Dwayne mcbride same thing like like these guys that they get on the right team they have skills that if they get a carry they can they can do enough with it they're, they're not going to be a ppr a PPR dream or anything like that. But I think Chase Brown, especially after Chase Brown's uh, uh, combine, which is much better than his senior bowl, I think that in the right situation, he could he could have a solid role in the NFL. Maybe not so much in fantasy. But. All right. That's going to wrap it up for our three-round Superflex rookie mock. Boys, thanks so much for taking the time to, to come on the show um to to go through this mock with me it was an absolute blast um to see like even where the mocks have gone in the last couple months and uh this is uh you know we're doing this right before i don't know when you watch this but um we're doing this right before the draft so it's, this is going to change a lot uh but it's yeah. always good to see like where we are at before draft capital comes and absolutely decimates our ranks um real quick um todd where can they find your twitter on twitter and where can they find your work so i'm at ff underscore banterman on twitter uh, I am the co-host of Tale of Two Rivals on hiatus as we are family men and we will get back on that mic. I am excited to announce that I will be dropping a new C2C trade show soon called the Trade Portal. And that should be coming out in a few weeks. And I have a Twitter already started up and I'll be blasting that out for my own Twitter in no time. Jagger, same question to you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Blue Chip. I'm a writer at DLF, and um, our podcast Dynasty Hour just dropped uh, with me, Chuck Bass, a couple hours today. I haven't even listened to my first episode yet, so pretty soon, like I'll be blasting that out. Um, other than that, like I said, Twitter's where you can find me arguing about tight end threes. So, <laughs> <laughs> what Twitter? What Twitter is all about? Yeah. Um, you, where's that thread? <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, you can find me on Twitter at FFTylerO. If you're not subscribed to the JWB YouTube channel, please do their link below in the comments. We also have a JWB Discord. I'm doing a lot of rookie mocks and dynasty mocks all the time. If you're interested in rookie mocks or dynasty mocks, find the link below. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later.